Hey, folks, thanks for sticking with us here at KDO News Radio. Got another show of the extra. We got very exciting start to it, as always. We have Marigolds kicking off the hometown hero, as they do every week, thanking somebody in our community who served our country. Um, we've had nurses on before. We've had um, veterans on before. And um, if you know anybody and you'd like them to be honored by Mary Golds and have their dinner taken care of for them and a spouse, give me a shout at 719-232-1063. That's 719-232-1063. We just want to honor those who serve, and we have Six Brown joining us this morning. Six, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Thanks um, for having me. You got it. You got it. You've been in this town for quite a while, right? Isn't your fam- um, your third generation, fourth? Yeah, uh, fifth generation here. My... Uh, my family were original pioneers here. My grandmother helped found the Pioneers Museum, and uh, my great grandfather built the road, the railroad up to Cripple Creek, and the Roundhouse. So, yeah, we're old Colorado Springs people. Yeah, I was selling you short. I was like third, fourth. You had to yeah, one up right, me. Right? You're like fifth, Justin. <laughs> there let's you go. go. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's right. That's impressive, though. Yeah, I've been here a long time. Yeah, We've so, got a lot invested in this community. So you grew up here. I correct? did uh, for a while. My dad was Air Force, so we grew up all over the world, but. I started out here. Came from a military family. Yes, And then you yourself um, served and was Mm -hmm. mostly, I know you had some um, overseas time, but you were working out of the D.C. area. Is that correct? Yep. For most of the time. um, Yep. I worked in the Intel community for 23 years doing bad things to bad people for Uncle Sam. Uh, Spent most of my career in Africa and the Middle East. And then towards the end was in the D.C. area uh, helping train up folks to go do what I was doing. Yeah, over there. Uh, That's great, and you're doing a lot in the community now. Can you explain? You've been, I, I know you do a lot for veterans and a bunch sure. of different things, helping them out um, after they get out or when they're currently serving. It, just explain some of those organizations. Sure. Um, so the first thing that I did when I moved back here was to start a group that would help veterans navigate the VA. You know, and so we provided medical assistance and uh, legal assistance to get veterans their claim. And now what I'm doing is uh, I'm working with a local special forces group here in town. They're called Green Beret Racing. And we always talk about there's a lot of veteran suicide, but what people don't realize is the suicide rate within the Green Beret community is nearly double that of the average soldier. So what Green Beret Racing has done is they have partnered with uh, Monster Motors Hot Rod Garage. And so we brought these group of veterans together and they can uh, build cars. They go racing events all over the country, racing motorcycles, dune buggies. They have a huge event out at PPIR every year. And it's a way for the, the veterans and the active duty guys to get together, wrench on cars and not think about the war and the stuff that they went through. Yeah. So it's it's a way and it's to, fun stuff too. It's not like you yeah. guys are saying, "Hey, we're going to go for a hike together," right? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's exactly. guy, it's guy stuff. And it's exciting. It's stuff. guy stuff. It's exciting, and it's very informal. Instead of sitting with a therapist and reliving, you know, what you did in Mogadishu or wherever you were, it's we're going to get together in a community of our peers, and we love to put the older guys together with the younger guys to say, "Hey." I was there. This happened to me in Vietnam. Like what you went through in Afghanistan, you know, hey, I've been there and this is how I survived. Yeah. And uh, so far the community has been wonderful. You know, we have so many charities for veteran groups here in 
El Paso County were super blessed to be in this military community, mm-hmm. but there was nothing that was specifically for the special forces tip of the spear guys yeah. until this group came along. Um, How so, long ago did you guys start that? Uh, GreenBeretRacing.org has been around for about three years now, Okay, um, and Monster Motors just started in order to support those guys. So uh, what Monster Motors did is donate a huge facility out in uh, what I used to call Western Kansas, which is now part of East Colorado Springs, yeah, I guess. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> um, so they provided a huge garage space there with four bays where the guys can go in, work on their cars. Uh, there's TVs all around it with videos uh, to you know see whatever gearhead stuff you want to see. Um, and then there's going to be a podcast facility built in there as well so that those guys can you know get out there and put their message out. That's great. That's awesome. And these are the type of things you talk about. You know, there's a lot of organizations in town, but you guys are filling the need where you said, hey, there's not an organization specifically for, you know, Green Berets and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Um, So we do four or five car shows a year where we raise money and all the funds go. We we have 100 percent. Um, rate that goes back in so there's no overhead we we do all the overhead out of our own pockets so that when we do fundraisers it's 100 percent going back to the veteran that's in need or the current active duty guy that's in need uh, we don't make a distinction between active duty and veteran and it's not just for special forces people we would help any veteran who is in need um, we get referrals all the time from people at the va or or local uh, mental health providers here in town and say hey I, i've got this guy are you willing to help um and we have some local gals. Like, I, I know you've uh, interviewed Brittany Troop on your yeah, show. Uh-huh. We got Brittany involved just as a person because uh, she has Be Well and she likes to do the, the mental health counseling, but uh-huh. also, you know, just a, she's a very positive, upbeat person. Yeah. So we have people like her involved where we've plugged them in so that it's kind of a one-stop shop for anything a veteran might need. And if, if we get somebody that says, hey, this person's having trouble paying their rent. Mm-hmm. Well, then we take care of that. Yeah. Whatever it is, we're trying to be 100%. That's so great. That nobody so, else has to go anywhere. So if someone's listening to this right now, what's a good website for them to look at this information? Um, uh would be the best place to go. Uh, and on there, you'll see you know, what the organization's about, how you can help if you want to. Uh, some of the events that we have coming up this year, we're going nationwide. We're not just going to be in uh, El Paso County. We have events in Texas, California, uh, Nevada. Uh, it's a great organization because they say their motto is live fast, live through it because these are high speed people. Like we're all yeah. high speed people in El Paso County. I yeah. don't know anybody who's like low energy yeah, yeah, like yeah. very much. So it's live fast, live through it. Great place to go. Great organization to support. That's great. That's awesome. Six, thanks for taking the time to join us. Absolutely. Thanks for what you do in this community. I appreciate it. You got it. Yeah, fifth generation. I think it's the first time we've had somebody who's got roots that deep, so it's really cool to have you in here and hear about the impact you're having on the community. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it, man. You got it, folks. Hometown Hero brought to you by Marigolds every week. Make sure you stick around on the extra here as we're talking real estate in 2023. What will you see? We'll be right back. Hey, folks, thanks for sticking with us. We got some exciting talk here. Real estate, what you're going to see in 2023. We saw in 2022 a big change, right? Mid-year, the market totally shifted. Interest rates went up, went from a really hot seller's market to now, you know, a very much so buyer's market. And um, we were able to get John Hermes uh, down here. He's going for a jog, actually, this morning. And we pulled him in. We got him in here. He's got his Gatorade. He's refreshed and he's willing 
to talk a little bit of real estate with us. Well, thank you for having me, Justin. Hold, let me get rid of the oxygen. I was using a little oxygen on the run this morning, high altitude. So, (laughs) it's good. I mean, you know what's great is it was motivating to see you cross over from the McDonald's over here because you were bobbing, weaving those cars, and I the the sidestep looked good. The agility was impressive. Yeah, I don't do that too often, but today I felt pretty good. I'm coming in to be on the radio. I got to get pumped up. Yeah. You, know, I'm all you don't saying, need coffee when you're dodging cars. No, you don't. That's right. Just keep on moving. That's right. <laughs> Just like in our business. Just keep on moving. Man. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. And you've yeah. been doing business here for, um, well, you did it in Minnesota. What year did you get yeah, going I to Minnesota? I started in 1977 after a little bit of a teaching and coaching career. I started real estate in 1977 in Minnesota. And it was uh, not so bad then. Things were pretty good. And I enjoyed the business, and by the time I left and moved to Colorado Springs in 1980, we saw a dramatic change in the real estate market. And similar to what you're we're experiencing now, it was driven by high interest rates. By the time I got here in '80, FHA and VA loans were 18, 19 percent, unheard of, unheard of. And so, how do you do business? Well, you do business by assuming loans in most cases. And at that time in 1980 and forward, um, FHA and VAs were assumable with non-qualification and non-substitution. In other words, you didn't have to be a veteran to assume a VA, which you have to be now, and you have to qualify. Then you didn't have to. So it was, that's the only way we sold houses. We just let people come in, put some money down. And unfortunately, the people that had the original loan were still on the loan still liable on the loan. So it wasn't the best situation, but if you wanted to sell your home, it certainly, uh, there weren't many options out there. So that's what we saw a lot of. And then owner carries were another one. Um, so, And how know, does that work, the owner carries? The owner carry would be that they provide the financing. So you're asking the owner, would you take the loan on yourself? So if you had a $100,000 purchase, I'll give you 20000 down. You, uh, as an owner, you finance 80000 just like a lender would, and you have all the rights of a lender. You can foreclose if they don't pay in a timely manner, and you get an interest rate that gives you a little bit of uh, income and, and return on your money. So that also was one of the ways we were doing business. So it was uh, actually, there's a lot of creativity that comes into play as rates skyrocket like they did then. And when I say skyrocket, 18, 19%. We're sitting here today and we're going, oh my God, the rates have doubled from three and a half to seven. And I'm thinking, man, if I saw 8%, I was excited as a real estate agent. So here I sit at seven and I do have that perspective, having been in the business this long, to see the difference in those interest rates. And I'm one of the kind of guys that said, geez, back in my time, those were great rates. Um, But it's all relative. Uh, You know, Justin, when you got started here, in Colorado Springs, you didn't see those rates, and you didn't see them for until until we were right now. So a hot market, and uh, but we're all we're, it's subject to rates. So much of it is subject to interest rates, and so we're seeing now what rates would do, and that is slow a market down. And uh, back in the '80s, I would say back in the '80s we didn't have a real lead into 1980 with a hot market. So the difference is. You, as an owner, have had a lot of appreciation over the last four or five years. So now as the market slows and maybe you're dialing back on your selling price, 
you still have made money, quite a bit of money. Back in the 80s, when we had 18 19%, we had not much equity in those homes, and we had lots of foreclosures. Um, and so that's a big difference. The, the, the market today has a lot of equity in it, even though it has slowed. And back then, we had it was hard for us because we had really no choices. We were going to either add a foreclosure or hopefully somebody assumed the loan. So, yeah, I, you didn't have the equity buildup. We've seen these past years, eighteen percent back to back years, and I think this year we'll even, you know, last year you end up at about twelve percent. And I think there'll still be some appreciation for sure in twenty twenty three. You know, we did see December had the first drop in in prices, right? And uh, sales were down quite a bit year over year. Um, you know, I think they were down like forty eight percent. Um, from drop. from December, you know, the prior year. So there's definitely an adjustment going on. It's the first time we've ever seen rates double um, in a six month period. You know, you talk about how rates were high, and definitely it's all it's all perspective. But um, they certainly rose in a in a quick quick fashion. Yeah, I think that's the difference. Is I, we we moved forward slowly back then in the late '80s and late '70s and '80s. But here you saw. Uh, you know, the feds are trying to catch up and they're trying to get this inflation down and they started too late. And so they're making some moves quickly that you wouldn't normally see in this type of a market. So yeah, a doubling of rates within six month period, that is quite startling for a buyer, especially to go, geez, Justin, you were quoting me this price six months or this payment six months ago. And now you're quoting me this. And so, yeah, there's a lot of explaining we have to do as real estate agents. How can this happen so quickly? Yeah, the average price home, um, you know, you look at that and the rate difference between going from about a three and a quarter um, to where rates are now, and that's a $1,000, you know, increase in payment. So it's hitting people hard and you're seeing more people look towards renting and, um, you know, are kind of waiting and seeing how the, you know, economy outlook is really for 2023. People are a little bit more... Uh, are skeptical, I would say. Sure. Well, the other thing is you were, you know, I see buyers and you talk about your buyers, some of your buyers, I see buyers that can qualify still Mm -hmm. and they don't want to buy because they're going, I'm not buying a 7%. I'm going to wait. Well, back in 1980, you couldn't qualify. You know, we only had very few buyers that could qualify at 18, 19%. You can imagine. Yeah. So here you have buyers that can qualify, which I would have looked at that (laughs) looking back over my shoulder and went, oh my God, I got a buyer that qualifies and we're at seven, eight percent. Those are great rates. But when you're used to three and a half, you're going, I'm not going to buy. I'm not buying at seven percent. That's way, that's outrageous interest rates. And that's just, you know, again, that's perspective. That's, you know, reality. That's where they came from, where I'm coming from. I think this market has become more of a, it become more of a level playing field now than it was before. I told Justin, I said, I don't know how you can continue this torrid pace of housing and seeing I mean, you're seeing appreciation of five to ten percent a month. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, I've never seen. For me to see five to ten percent in a year was quite something. And then I saw it happening in months, and I said, "There is just no way it can sustain itself." It it has sustained itself a lot longer than I thought. But when you're running at three at three and a quarter, two point yeah, seven five, you got the leverage. You're sta- you're, you are sustaining. And the other thing too is the last time we saw below six million homes built in a decade, which is what was built from 2010 to 2020, was 5.8 million homes in the U.S. That was back from 1930 to 1940, and there was 5.6 million. 
everything every decade after that was much higher. We saw the peak at 25.6 million homes built. So that fueled the fire, no doubt. Um, folks, we're talking with John Hermes, longtime realtor here in Colorado Springs. We got ABC News chiming in, and then we'll be back after these messages. Stick around. All right, folks, thanks for sticking with us. Boy, you've had a great start to today. We did the Marigolds, hometown hero. If you haven't been up there and you're looking for some great food and a good time, good company, good service, make sure you go up, check out Marigolds off Centennial. And uh, we gave away six brown. He was our hometown hero. And now we have John Hermes, who's uh, been in here chopping it up with us. Yes, man. He almost ran out. He was leaving, fresh air, and, was leaving and they told me to come back. I wasn't finished, they said. So <laughs> I said, all right, I got a little more information I can give you. He tried to escape. He <laughs> tried right. to escape. And <laughs> I think really, you know, what you have to look at right now is we've been spoiled. That's really what we talked about on the last segment is rates have been low. We've lived in this la-la land of 3%, you know, even down to 2.5 interest rates and you know, now we're getting back to reality and, and people don't understand the average interest rate over the last like 40 years is seven and a half percent, you know? So this is still, as you talk about eighties and, you know, in the things going on when interest rates were at 18% and everything you do be creative, we've been pretty spoiled on cut and dry transactions, not having to think out of the box and people being able to borrow money at, you know, such a cheap rate. So what do you think, John? Well, I was just thinking about it during the break, Justin, and you know we're talking about a market that's changed pretty drastically, but yet is a healthy market. That's why I look at it. Most people will say it's a bad market. It's a healthy market, and you've got buyers out there, I mean sellers out there that have made 50%, 60% on their investment. I mean, that's unheard of. So I know they feel bad when they put it on the market and they go, I got to reduce my price 10000 Well, you're still going to make 40% on, on your investment. That's unheard of. Um, but I was also thinking about back in 2008, because we talk about what kind of incentives are out there today, what are builders doing, well, they're doing buy-downs, and that always, that rings back in my mind to, holy smokes, here we go, 2008, yep. we did buy-downs, and we did one, two, three buy-downs, and, you know, at the end of the three years, it goes to the market, or and lots of people... As you remember, maybe not, but lots of people, again, were caught in that of not being able to make that house payment. And the big thing, again, I'm going to go back to it again and tell you, no real appreciation. So here we are moving into 2008, not a lot of appreciation in these homes. And a lot of people, zero downs, and they were they were lending money that was funny money. They were doing zero down, no verification of employment. We were headed in a for a train wreck, and it became a real train wreck because lending be Lending was just out of control. They were right doing close. everything they could to get somebody to buy a house. And here, start off with this 5% rate. It'll go up to 6 then 7 And by the time it reaches that, you can refine it. I'm hearing that today. We're going to start off with a one, two, three buy-down. And within three, four years, you can refinance at a lower rate. And I'm not sure that that's going to happen. I'm not sure in three, four years that you're going to see this re- these rates drop back down to what we've been used to. And so, we're yeah, gonna- I, I, John, I think you're touching on a great point because the thing that you hear people say, which just kills me, is when you speculate on numbers, right? The numbers have to work and they got to work. That's why there's fixed rate mortgages 
really for these, you know, people who are buying their everyday home, right? So they're not in an adjustable like the commercial world where there's more risk. But when you start saying, hey, we're going to do a two-one buy-down, your mortgage payment's going to be $3,000, um, you know, and in two years it does adjust to $4,000. Um, oh, and by the way, you pulled a HELOC at 4% and that payment is 500 a month. That can jump to 8%. Then that's a th- now there's $2,000 that this family has to make up for. Right. And so what's the last step in a real estate correction is when we start getting adjustable products in and and riskier mortgages. And those just came in six months ago. Now, I do believe it may we're on a downward trend. The real estate market's already corrected, had the first decrease in prices for December. But I do not think it's going to be crazy bad. And if it does get bad, it, it may take a couple years for these buy-downs to take into effect, for things to adjust, where people go, man, we're we're really in a tough spot right now. Um, they say 94% of the loans out there are fixed-rate loans, and they would need to see that number go down to like 88% for the market to be you know, a little bit more susceptible. But you're, you're totally right. It's when you get into these risky loans and people are saying, please don't say this to people. Please don't tell them, hey, you know, the mortgage rate right now is seven, but you'll just refinance in two years when it's like 4%. No, look at the 1980s, see what happened. Rates could easily be at 9% this year or next year at, the, at this time. You know, in 12 months, they could be at 9%. I've been around long enough, Justin, to have that same feeling you do. Please do not tell these people they can refi in three years at a lower interest rate because you do not. I don't know who the lenders use to give them the forecasts or whatever. They don't know. You listen to the experts out there. They've told you about inflation. They told you what's going to happen. Half of them are wrong, and these guys do it for a living. So to hear somebody tell you, don't worry, come back to us in three years. We'll refi you at 2% lower than you are now. That that Do not count on that. That is not something. And I've been in this a long enough time to know that when you get into an inflationary time frame, which we are in now, and the Fed has moved very quickly, there's that thought is, well, they move so quickly, they're going to back it down. Well, I don't think that's going to happen. They're trying to bring this inflation down to a level where they can they can deal with it and it doesn't hurt us. Um, and I'm I'm figuring that this inflationary period is not over and they're going to continue to see high interest rates. That's the way they cool the market. Um, so I think I think you're right. I saw a statistic this morning. Um, the average wage in the last year went up four and a half percent and we're still seeing inflation at 7.1. You know, and, and, and Powell said we're going to have increases, they're not going to be as dramatic as this last year, but they're still going to increase rates. So be careful, folks. Be cautious. We're talking real estate here with John Hermes. We're going to be right back after a few messages. All right, we're closing out the last segment here. John was just asking. He's got his stopwatch going. We got eight minutes left here to get you knowledgeable about the real estate market, what to see in 2023. And I bet as we talk, it it sounds so foreign, everything we're talking about, because people haven't heard this stuff. They haven't heard owner carry. They haven't heard about the buy downs. They haven't heard about all the risk in getting into something that's adjustable. And um, I was talking with someone the other day and they said, yeah, I might have to say hello to my HELOC soon. You know, and I'm going, geez, oh, Pete, I won't mention any um, institutions, but I called one here in town. Uh, somebody had a four and a quarter interest rate. And I said, Hey, um, what's the max it can adjust year by year. And, um, you know, they said, well, the, the ceiling on it's 18%. And I said, well, wait a minute. So four and a quarter, you could pump it to 10 next year at this time. Yeah. 
Oh, okay. That's uh, interesting. Is, is the consumer? It's so Whoa. crazy. Whoa. Ninety. I would say ninety nine percent of the people signing the paperwork don't know that. Because I ask people and they go, I don't know. I'm, I mean, they said I could borrow fifty grand. I don't at four and a quarter. I didn't ask them about the terms. You know, sign here. And it's it's sad because you have to be knowledgeable when you're making decisions and whether you're looking to sell your house, you need to look at saying, huh, this isn't going so well. Maybe I should rent it out. I can cash flow some. Because here's the thing. Some people go, I'm going to make 100K. Where are you going to put that money? You're going to put it in the stock market? I mean, that thing's a floozy, right? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, you have to look You have to look pretty far to find good returns right now. Yeah. and you just aren't there. So you say, well, I'm going to you know, take it out. I'm going to cash out, you know, but if you're cash flowing a thousand bucks, you get 10% on your money plus all the tax write-offs. Once you calculate that in depreciation, you're at like 16, 17%, you know, but as human beings, we want to do what's in our comfort zone and what's natural. And that's just ever since we were kids, put all my money in a 401k, buy a house, then I'll sell it and I'll get something a little bit better. And the average American moves every five to six years, they're on the hamster wheel. And uh, Dave Ramsey alludes to it a lot. It's just keeping up with the Joneses Instead of saying, hey, we can keep this house, turn it into a rental. And the people I've seen do that who have three or four rental properties, they, they diversify their portfolio and they're protected when inflation comes. Um, you know, that's what that's what you, you know, you have rental properties yourself, you know. Correct. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting this conversation because what Justin's alluding to is as a real estate agent, we're going, we make money when you sell. We don't make money when you hold. And, and get a bunch of income properties, although we hopefully will sell them to you. But he's exactly right. You know, real estate is still one of the best investments that there is out there. And even for that little blip in 208, when we saw a lot of, you know, decline in prices, which we hadn't seen before, we're seeing a little bit of it now. Um, but again, all that equity that has been built up in the last four or five years, and it is tempting. It's just like Justin was saying, I, I can borrow 50000 well, I don't. Okay, whatever. And I'll, I'll, I'll. I like that. Give me the fifty. They don't. They don't know what the terms even are. They don't care. This is a period of time when they everybody's got a lot of money that they can borrow, and they don't really look at the terms. Back in '08 and back in '80, we didn't have it. We didn't have equity. So you're not looking at people out there trying to take HELOCs and getting second. They just weren't there. But the thing that we touch on here in the closing segment is that. Um, we're getting into a we're getting into an area that has become a little more dangerous, and that is as interest rates go up, then buyers are looking at that mortgage that you're holding. More investors than buyer than regular buyers, but investors are swooping in and they're going, "Geez, John, uh, would like to buy your property, and I see you got a, geez, you got a three point two five mortgage, and we'd like you to carry the financing." And I go, "Well, how does?" I know how it works, but the question is, how does that work? Well, you carry a loan, and that loan that we give you or you give us, it covers that underlying mortgage. So, in other words, I, I got a hundred thousand dollar loan at three point two five. I got a guy buying this at two hundred. He gives me twenty percent down. Now I, I carry a hundred and eighty thousand dollar loan, and I got a hundred of it is there at 3.25 and then I'm charging this guy X number, whatever. It's great. It sounds really sounds great, but make sure as a owner seller, you understand that all these mortgages that have been originated are due on sale. What is due on sale? It's due on sale means when you transfer ownership of the property to another individual, 
that loan is due. And if they find out that you did that and that you didn't report it and they find it out, and Justin brought up a great point. He said with rates as low as they were for so long and now they're sitting at twice, these lenders are going, I don't want that 3.25 out there. I want to get the current rates. So they're going to be a little bit more diligent probably about checking in with those owners and going, hey, still living there? Who's I see? Hey, I see title change. We look in public records. Now Justin Hermes owns this house, and before it was Joe Smith. How's that working, Joe? Because you still have a mortgage with us. And they uh, want that three and a quarter off their books. Get it off. And so they call Joe Jones, and they go, Joe, hey, do on sale, man. you got to come up with $100,000 in the next 30 days. And you're going, well, what, what, what do you mean? Yeah, your, your loan is due because you transferred sale of the property. And you'll get these investors going, don't worry. Don't worry. We've done this before. We can get around that due on sale clause. Don't fall for that stuff. There's no way of getting around the due on sale clause. You you can't get around it. Whatever an investor tells you, you can't get around it. You're going to get yourself tied up in a in a owner finance with an underlying mortgage that you're responsible for that can be due on sale or, or called any time. So be careful because that's what we're starting to see. And it's it starts because these rates that you originally got were so low, two, seven, five, three, three and a quarter. And now an investor comes in and they're going, I can't, I can't make a good investment at eight percent. I don't know if eight percent is what investment rates are, Justin, but you're about right. Yeah. yeah. So I can't make a good investment. I don't get cash flow at eight yeah. percent. But if half my loan was at three two five, now we're in the money. I can make those numbers work. So I just warn you, be careful. But, you, but if you do have your home outright, then you can you can play in this ball game. If you own your home, you cashed it out. I mean, you paid cash for it. You uh, have paid a five off, have yeah. a five hundred thousand dollar mortgage, and somebody comes in and goes, "Hey, will you carry four hundred? And I always say, "Hey, get as much down as you can," because if you let somebody get in for minimum down, they don't have much cash in into the into the game, they're more willing to walk away. When it depreciates. Yeah, but when you see $100,000 down, that buyer is very likely to hang in there as tough as they can. They don't want to lose that 100000 And as a lender, you will become a lender. You have all the rights of a regular lender. You do a note, deed of trust, you do the whole thing, yeah. do on sale. Could be a good option. If you're listening right now, you're struggling to sell your house, this could be a good option. You may even say, Absolutely. I have 50000 left on my loan. Well, if you got a hundred k sitting in your savings doing nothing, maybe you take the fifty and you pay the loan off, and then you have the opportunity to say, you know what, I'll I'll carry you, I'll make five percent on my money, and now all of a sudden I can get you know an extra thirty thousand for my property. I agree. And these are things you just you, you don't hear people talk about because they haven't been through it like you know a John Hermes has, who's seen the down markets and how to get creative, but. As this market starts to tick down more and more, which it will, people are going to be forced to be creative to get houses moved, um, to look at property management, to renting. All these things are going to come into play. Well, and again, I think one of the things to keep in mind is the market was so easy to sell. You know, I'm going to do it by owner. You got to have a pro. You got to have a pro right now. Too many things involved out there that could cost you a lot of money. You need a professional real estate agent. So uh, if I can't, I cannot emphasize that any more than I can is get a pro in there that knows the things Justin's just talked about and that you don't get yourself in a bind with doing something that's not smart and you have losing money down the road. Then you call us and the damage is done. We can't get you out. So. Yep. See it all the time, folks. Give us a ring. You got any real estate questions? 719-232-1111. 
232-1063. That's 232-1063. John, thanks for coming and uh, joining us this morning. You broke up your jog to come do it. I'll you got the sweatband that. back on. Yeah, I, like I do, it. and I got my oxygen mask ready to go, so... I'll be back out dodging traffic here in about another five minutes, Justin. So there you go, folks. Thanks for having me. It's be always aware fun. If you're out on those roads. Be aware. Keep the eyes up. That's, That's right. right. <laughs> All right, another show in the books here. You got Tom Martino right here next on Cardio News Radio.